What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 218, going live for our patrons Monday, September 26, 2022, everyone else, September 28th. My name's Steven, it's spelled with a P-H-N-A, so you'd think it's Stefan, but it's not, Steven. And joining me, Steven's spelled with a P-H-N-N-E, so yep. phonetically it would still be Stefan, but we say Steve, so it's not confusing to people who talk to us at the same time. Exactly. By the way, I'm exactly. probably going to cough and sneeze quite a bit, so I'll try to mute. But Delicious. This is, this is the, the COVID-flavored episode. You don't have COVID, but it's just like... <coughs> I might have. I don't know. I don't no? know. I, oh. I tested negative, but like I'm still sick, and I like feel like I'm out of breath easier. Mm. <laughs> like, I got you. So I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like a good sign. But I don't know if my body's still just fighting whatever I have, whatever virus that I have. It's also like, you know, getting colder and stuff like that. And lay down, plus, lay down your arms. Uh, it must be a school day. <laughs> Sophia oh, is, you know, daycare is just a peachy dish of just yeah. nonsense. So. <laughs> oh man. It's like the scene in the Simpsons, Marge, uh, streetcar named Marge, where they go to the, uh, daycare to pick up Maggie to go to the play. And it's just oh, yeah. like, wall-to-wall floors filled the, with babies the iron the iron rand uh yeah. we have a place for babies like you in the box we watched that we put that episode on repeat like quite a bit because it's, it's so good yeah ned you're supposed to overpower her i'm trying <laughs> Anyway, this is a show sometimes about Simpsons references, often actually, but mostly about the games made in Canada and the people who create them. Uh, if you want to help us do that, support us over on patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs, two-day early access to the podcast, game giveaways, discount codes for Canadian gaming events, share us at the end of every episode at the credited patron tier or higher, and just that good feeling in the pit of your stomach. They're like, oh, I'm helping these two dudes do a podcast and isn't that just the most heartwarming thing someone can do for someone else is that what it's all about yeah it is steve this week big win for london based not anymore now expatriate well no there's a special term right i think i did this last time yeah we didn't look into it we didn't look into it but uh forced to move abroad formerly london-based twitch streamer keffles has won a decisive victory against the platform that was hosting a lot of the people organizing her abuse so we'll talk about that there was i gotta gotta oh yeah everyone everyone i'll play the sound everyone use your twitch prime uh sub of the month thing we know you always forget about and then remember and do it and then forget about it again this time do it to help out a trans twitch streamer trans canadian twitch streamer who's been going through some shit uh, we're also going to talk about all the Canadian stuff announced at their Nintendo Direct, which then PlayStation announced a state of play like an hour after they announced the Direct and then had it like the same day later in the day. But there was no Canadian stuff there, so we're not going to talk about it. And then I played a shit ton of games I want to talk to Steve about and ask him what he's played. How's that sound, Steve? Sounds great. All right, cool. Top of the show, some paperwork. We have a job being advertised, uh, more of a platform that's looking for people to put games on it. The Legends of Learning is a platform for educational games. They do a revenue revenue share split we went over on last week's podcast. They seem legit. We looked into it. Link in the show notes. Events. Steve, you and I will be part of the jury for Indie Cup Canada 2022. Oh, are we? Oh, okay. (laughs) Exhibit. 
We are. Uh, g- let go. Oh, what was I trying to say? I just guffawed there, but uh, the exhibit is uh, first time coming to Canada. They've done a couple other countries in the past. Uh, Indie Cup has. Uh, there's going to be an online exhibit starting on the 20th. They will reveal the nominees for four different categories on the 3rd and then announce the winners on the 17th. Um, but yeah, you can, as of now, uh, submit your game. Or what do you call that? Nominate? Nominate, right? <coughs> Uh, do you nominate, nominate your, your own stuff? I think you can. Like, you can vote for yourself. You can nominate yourself. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'll accept that. Anyway, go check that out. Uh, Game Slice 2K 2022. Oh, I messed it up. Uh, it's happening <laughs> October 4th to 6th. Uh, it's like when you say non-bread. It's just bread bread. Um, Playtesting September 20th to October 6th. Uh, and the deadline to sign up to be a playtester is over. I don't know if they're still letting in some sneakies, but go join their Discord to hang out with them and get more info and then super fest by the hand eye society october 15th to 16th uh i don't think they're taking any more applications i think they're gearing up because it's two weeks away but check out that stream i'm gonna be watching will you uh i'll try if you remind me about it i'll remind you also i think there might be a lot of background noise that my cat's sprinting (laughs) around because several things have just fallen off the counter i'm not hearing it but oh okay good Shuffle some paperwork on that, Steve, and uh, come back after, I don't know, a cool song. into some news steve we have a about a month of news to go over here but there honestly wasn't a whole lot despite several streams and you know we're gearing up for the big october november everyone gets your releases out before christmas holidays season so i'm okay with that crunch baby going from east to west let's start in oh let's go to northern ireland for the premiere (laughs) what (laughs) story keffels is now in northern Ireland. oh uh a.k.a. Claretta Sorrenti, uh, has, through a very, I would say, grassroots online slash, I imagine, some in-person coordination movement, uh, gotten the uh, server that hosts um, the site that was organizing all the abuse against her. For those of you who have behind on this story, there was a Twitch streamer in London, Ontario, kept getting swatted because she was trans and would use her platform to speak up on trans issues. Swatted is when you call the cops and say, there's a hostage situation here, even though there isn't because you want the cops to show up and kill someone because that's what they do when they show up somewhere. Um, and so they kept doing this to Keffels, forced her to move a couple times. And then as she was moving from like hotel to hotel in Canada, was still getting doxxed. People were like sending uh, pizzas to her uh, hotel room with her dead name on it. And so eventually out of her safety, forced to flee the country. Country, um, was able to crowdfund uh, over $100,000 uh, for legal defense and, and the funds to relocate and set up a new stream setup. Uh, and now uh, has gotten the site, or I guess, yeah, site, Kiwi Farms, uh, formerly known as CWCKI, which picture just like a grimier 8chan specifically for 
targeting trans people. And if mm. you don't know what any of those words mean, God bless you. Oh, man, uh, I wish I didn't know what HN was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so through finding out who was hosting uh, that site, um, they got a campaign going, hashtag drop Kiwi Farms. And I forget what the actual Cloudflare, which I believe yeah. is a Google company. Is that correct? Or like a Google acquisition? Oh, really? No, I'm miss. I'm fake newsing you. Mm. No, it's it's just a website hosting a service. Um, but yeah, through uh, petitioning Cloudflare, got the site taken down. I imagine those people. And, and here's the thing: everyone thinks like, oh, once you take it down, it'll just they'll move somewhere else because the it's the internet there's these things called ip addresses steve and once you see people trying to access from like if you group a bunch of people together who are using kiwi farms you're like all right this is a group of people if they try to do anything else we'll just shut it down and that's exactly what they've been doing and there's a quote in here i want to pull from uh the lawyer they talked to i'm reading from vice's summation uh sorrenti sorry it's not the lawyer sorrenti tweeted on uh several tuesdays ago as you're listening to this uh kiwi farms tried once again to go online using a domain from china now the servers cannot be reached when i say it's dead it's dead i meant it they will continue to stay on life support jumping domain to domain with a worse iteration of the site every time we won period now yeah, roll credits you know it just seems like uh everything kind of worked out as best as it could here we defeated the evil you know uh cloudflare ceo matthew prince said just as the telephone company doesn't terminate your line if you say awful things we have concluded in consultation with politicians etc that turning off security services because we think you publish despicable things is the wrong policy uh and then they reversed course a couple days later and issued a new statement that said we will be blocking kiwi farms because it is an imminent and emergency threat to human life uh, so that's how quickly you can 180 a definitive stance from a, a CEO if you get enough people online to whine about it. Or not whine, like proper, like a, a protest. Is that is it a protest or no? Is that disingenuous to people actually go and put their lives on the line? I'll accept protests. Okay. An uh, online protest. An online, online protest. is what gives it the, you know, no one really. I understand gives. that that like kind of has a little bit of just like, yeah, it's people complaining about whatever, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's protests as well that are also stupid. Like the that is true. Trucker that stuff, is also right? a so good point. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You brought me back around on, on a uh, protest is good. Congrats to Keffels and the whole community over there for, wow. You rarely read an internet story about a bunch of people just making the internet better, and that's just nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope this isn't like the end of the Marvel movie, and then now there's the post-credit scene where <laughs> fucking those those dudes just like are able to make a new website or something secrecy or something. Oh man, Steve Vanning gets a phone call from uh, the Sam Jackson of the Kiwi farms group. And he's like, I'm assembling a team of the world's <laughs> finest <laughs> online abusers. And I need your help. Oh, no, no, we, we severely hope that doesn't happen. And, uh, they all go outside, lie down in the grass, realize grass. how horrible they are. And, uh, just start writing or something, painting, you know, painting always. When whenever they cut back to someone in a in a TV show who was used to be bad before and is now good, or like in a franchise, they're always painting. You ever notice? That's that? like the well, that's the joke that after World War Two they cut. You know, they just oh, let true. Any, anyone paint? <laughs> anyone can <get> art school <laughs> now. Anyone could be. Yeah. Moving right along to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. We're going east to west if we assume Winnipeg to be the geographical center of Canada, which I do. Uh, in St. John's, the studio, Steve that many people forget is from St. John's. Other Ocean 
uh, has announced that uh, they call Social Deduction Asymmetrical Multiplayer Game Project Winter, which we have covered on this oh, fine program, right. yeah. has reached 2.5 million players. That's across Steam Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and their mobile device, which is free. It's free on mobile, just to say. Is it really? Uh, it is. I, oh, geez. You did that, and now I'm not sure I read the... See, this is why it's good to have someone fact-checking this, but uh, I'll check if it's free. And then while I do that, they are also permanently reducing the price of the game on all platforms to $9.99 US. Uh, <laughs> it looks free on the Play Store. I wonder if it's free on iOS. Yeah, it's free on iOS. Okay, cool. It has a get. I don't know. Sometimes... Yeah, get means it's free, but within game transactions. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it's sneaky, like with the Mario, where it's Oh, where it launches? De- yeah, it's oh, just like a launcher right. or whatever. You're right. All right. Well, definitely free on Android. Might be sneaky on iOS. Uh, reduced to 9.99 US, which is 11.49 Canadian. Uh, and they announced a huge update that will be part of two updates that they have a special name for. I forgot already. Um, that they say will be changing the balance of power in the game from you know more aggressive actions to social deception and role play aspects of the game and i find this really interesting steve because you know with a lot of these open development live service games uh we rarely get anything out of aaa besides like the pr live stream with all the pre-written notes that they read and then one someone messes up and says uh what was the one most recently you told me about where they announced a oh event uh the avengers they the dude said that his um like coach his like acting coach was like yeah. the voice actress for a character that wasn't announced. Right. So that's the only time we get something interesting out of like normal live service development updates here. They're just like, all right, we're changing how you're going to play the game to shift the focus onto like the social de- deception role play, like that proximity voice chat that like, Oh, I didn't kill him. I was just here when you guys walked in, you know, that kind of stuff. That's mm. really interesting to me. They've added a couple new updates and they say this is like part one of like this two part, they call it the power balance volume one update uh and i don't know i'm just i find that interesting that honestly made me want to check out the game again because like if you are good enough at just like running in and axing someone and running out like that was my experience with a couple games of project winner we're like oh the the killer is just really good at killing so we're all dead and yeah. i've never actually played a game where the survivors win and i've played like 10 or 15 so this made me want to jump back in what do you think i just downloaded it on do I have a sound I, for that? On, do you have a yeah a download? I think I do. Yeah, we got a sixteen download. So yeah, obviously like, that news was enough to get you to click a button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all. What it's about. So I because I haven't played this ever. I mm-hmm. every time we talk about it, I'm just like, oh, that's right. I do kind of want to check this out. And I think for a while, wasn't it one of those uh, like um, early access Xbox games or whatever? It wasn't early access for a while, I believe. I don't know. It wasn't a Game Pass game. That was um. No, it was the, um, no, no, the. No, no, no. The game was, preview. Yeah, it was that, right? No, that was there was um. You're thinking the Darwin Project from the oh, Montreal studio. Right. That you're was right, the snowy. Right. Uh, yeah, that one was fun because there was like a game master who could like decide which sections of the map got like gotten rid of as the battle royale went on. But that's a separate thing. No, Project Winter, for those who don't know, uh, it's kind of like Werewolf, where everyone spawns in the cabin, uh, you're revealed your role, so like uh, you're either a survivor trying to escape or one of the people who's trying to kill everyone to sabotage it, uh, and then you go around do Among Us style mini games to turn stuff on until you get to the ultimate escape while 
you're trying to like, all right, I'll go with three people because there's an odds are that not both of you are the killers. So that means at least one of us could catch the other person if they killed us. And it's that kind of calculations you're making as you like divvy up the tasks. Uh, and the proximity voice chat, I think, is the most interesting. And what that means is in the game, like as your character is physically closer to other characters, those players voice chat gets louder and dimmer. So like as you walk away from someone in the blizzard in the woods, their voice chat like fades out really quickly because of like the stuff in between you two. And that's what makes it kind of fun for me. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. add this to my wish list on PlayStation. That the little mobile thing was enough for me to like wish list it on PlayStation. We'll play it, Steve. Because um, now it's called yeah, it's called Project Winter Blackout on Ooh. thing. So I don't think their PC and consoles are. I don't think they have crossplay. Cross so Ooh. I think they're out of sync. Let me check crossplay Project Winter. Um. Oh, there you go. This says. Uh yes, Project Winter supports crossplay between Steam and Xbox One. <gasps> uh, this is as of 2021, so it might. might, have, might. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Back on all platforms: PlayStation, Switch, Microsoft users. Boom. There you go. Sony does what all, everyone else does do. Now, after no. we whined for a decade, after, after <laughs> just every single tweet of theirs had a reply of "Let me uh, play Fortnite." Man. After 800 episodes of Podcast Beyond where they asked if you could change PSN names and the answer every episode was no. My uh, favorite after- part, of, part of that was uh, when Greg Miller asked, I don't know, Shushida or, or someone Shuhei saying Yoshida. like, oh yeah, that's it. And was like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? And then they said, ask me that question at the next PSX. And then they never had another PSX. That's funny. That's really good. That's not on purpose, but that's really good. I know. I was like, All right. Funny. Moving westward from Newfoundland to Montreal, Quebec. Steve, EA's subsidiary motive, mm. uh, who you might remember from game uh, award-winning Marvel's TM, Guardians of the Galaxy TM 2021. No, no, no. No, they didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy. Motive? No. Oh, who did Motive. Motive was a Star Wars Squadron, and no, they uh, also did. Hold on, are you fake using no. me? No, it no, was Eidos Montreal. You're correct. My yeah, bad, yeah. everyone. Come on. Oh, man. here's a, why you run a website for Canadian games. Let's fucking let's have a little. I do. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. The the editorial board has reviewed the, the this journalist's practice and found it lacking to the. That standards. being said, I think Star Wars Squadron came uh, uh, placed in our Game of the Year awards back in the day. It did. And here's the reason I brought up Guardians. Well, A, because it's a Marvel game. But uh, Motive announced that this new project, which we haven't even said yet, bad, bearing the lead here, they're making an Iron Man game. Uh, the game is being headed up, headed, headed up by uh, executive producer Olivier Prul, Prolx. That's not a name. That's Prolx. Olivier, probably pronounced in French. In English, it's Prolx. Uh, uh, who was in charge? Uh, he was the lead on Marvel's Avengers and Marvel's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy at Eidos Montreal. Mm. That's where the confusion came in. There is nothing about this game other than a picture of Iron Man with the two logos on the bottom. So just to game say here. it exists. Yeah. I will say though, Steve, they've been on a flurry of Marvel game announcements. We have that one from the XCOM studio still announced for next month. Just a few weeks ago, they announced a uh, Black Panther Captain America World War II 
video game from Skydance Media being headed up by Uncharted 3 uh, and Battlefield Hardline lead writer Amy Henning. So, I have, hey. I have a theory. So I have a theory about that game. I don't know anything about the comics, but there's always a joke about how Captain America is really racist because yes. he just grew up in the 20s. Wait, and oh. oh no! So they're they're just trying to tackle that oh. that subject matter here, so that he this won't be, so they can't meme about him being racist anymore. Wait, wait. So they're sending? Are they sending Black Panther back to World War Two, or is Black Panther being created because? Captain America is the first Avenger, so he has to get made first. But then, like, shortly after that, do they also make a Black Panther in the 40s? Uh, I don't know, because I think Black Panther, <coughs> pardon me, like, the comics started in the 60s, and it was it was, it was was that time. Like, that's when he... Yeah. So I, huh. I don't know. I didn't... I saw that, and I was like, cool. Because a lot of these things are so far out that I'm just like... Well. And the real thing about putting Amy Henning on a project means it will never come out. And yeah, which means it's going to get Two and a half years, so I'm sorry to everyone <laughs> staffing up to make some cool concept art and Greybox levels for Motive Studios, Iron Man, but... Although that said, when has Motive canceled the game? Because this I don't is think now... anything. And they... I mean, Dead Space isn't, isn't out yet, and we don't know, but it looks banning, but like... They did the. They worked on Battlefront Two. They worked on Squadrons. They are doing this Dead Space. Like they, they have some pedigree behind them. Yeah, their past couple of games: Dead Space remake, Star Wars Squadrons, and then they did the single player for Battlefront Two. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So this is honestly their fourth game, and Dead Space isn't even out yet. So and they, and they were part of the. They were kind of the survivors of the Mass Effect Andromeda studio. Okay, like, here you go. Cancelled Project Gaia. So they have one cancelled game. So they're one for three, which puts them at uh, Dead Space <laughs> is probably going to come out. So let's put them at a twenty-five percent cancel their game rate. Uh, so yeah, it looks hopeful for Iron and a- Man. And Amy's at what, like fifty? Like in oh, the last, God, she has, well, well <laughs> Uncharted Three was her last game, right? No, it was Battlefield Hardline. Remember? That doesn't count. I don't know. It counts. They paid her to write it, and apparently the story was fine, although I didn't play it. I didn't play it. Either. Uh, she also wrote on Forspoken, so <laughs> that got delayed. Uh, can oh, you yeah, imagine if that got canceled? That would oh, be man. so funny. Well, everyone's memeing that game, so. The trailers and the ads are bad, Steve. They're making the, bad the ads. The gameplay and stuff looks so good, but yeah, the dialogue is just fucking awful. And yeah, it's, her last, deliver, it's delivered so terribly. Her last game was Battlefield Hardline 2015, writer, and then creative director last time was Uncharted 3. So, Which is what, 2011? 2011, correct. Man, fuck, yeah. decade. And, this, and so this game aren't... Um, Black she Panther is one. just the uh, what is her exact role? Or I guess Forspoken is twenty twenty three, so that's twelve years. Holy moly! Um, um, oh, if you if you're wondering, uh, the plot for this crazy game is uh, um, which game? Black Panther or the Black Panther uh, Captain America one? Um, joining them will be two additional heroes, Gabriel Jones and Nanali, a U.S. soldier and Wakandan spy, respectively. The four heroes were featured in the trailer, which appears to be set in Paris and Wakanda. There you go. So they're kind of doing like a uh, Inglorious Bastards, like classic war team story here with two normies and two superheroes. So that could be fun. I guess. We'll wait. Amy, we'll wait Amy Henning doesn't have a role on the project? Yeah, I'm Iron Man, the Canadian game. 
also we know nothing about. So these are just all a bunch of Marvel games that we know nothing about that we'll play in three years. Oh, she's the co-founder of Skydance. She like co-founded the company that's making the game. Yeah, but still being fun for Marvel. So Marvel could just kill it at any time, right? It's true. But I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, as far as her role on the project, seems to be in a much more... Like, she wasn't the co-founder of DICE when she worked on Battlefield. So she probably has way more sway, which she probably wants after the last several projects she's worked on have gotten canned. Wasn't there, like, a casual VR game she was supposed to do, too, or something? And that got... Her Wikipedia is out of date, but I think that sounds familiar. Well, you're, like, her big hero, so you should... I am. Hashtag release the Henning cut. Hashtag justice for Uncharted 4. Uh, in no, Henning that's the thing. Uncharted 3 was terrible. So, Hey, she also created directed Uncharted 2, so you can't win them all. No, that's true. Uncharted 2 is like goat, goat status, but Uncharted 3 was so... Uh, she also story consulted on Golden Abyss, which was alright. I like that. It was Moving cool to play further, on Vita. Anyways. It was. That... Boss fight with anyway we can't get into that. Moving along, Steve. Water. No, this is now a Vita here, podcast. Yeah. This is a Vita podcast. We'll <laughs> Let's get talk about Gravity Rush. Talk about me playing because I played some Vita games. Anyway, Ooh. Steve, uh, I don't know if you remember Odyssey Studio. We covered their formation like two years ago. It's some ex uh, leads on League of Legends and World of Warcraft. So they were able to secure a bunch of financing, about eight million dollars. They announced in April 2020, which is when we wrote about it. Uh, they said they're announcing, and they at the time were like, new studio, new live service game, we know what we're doing, uh, check back. Well, we're checking back, Steve. Uh, I've been in their Discord for a while where they were doing an alpha and then a beta for Omega Strikers. <laughs> uh, then they announced a closed beta, and then two days into the closed beta, they were like, actually, it's open, anyone can get in. The game, Omega Strikers, it's going to be a free-to-play 3v3 knockout striker, kind of like, um, you know, like... Uh, well, I'm trying to think. The angle is like Windjammers. Um, but the, the action's more like... I don't know. There's goaltenders on either side. I actually haven't really dabbled with this, despite being in the Discord for so long. Knock, up, knock out opponents and score goals. Yeah, so it's kind of like did uh, you get air, into air the hockey. I did. did I you? didn't download it because I'm a bad uh, writer. You played like site. 50 games the last like two weeks and you didn't play it. And, and I didn't beta. play this. But it's an open beta, so you can tell. <laughs> right now uh and it currently has five thousand very positive reviews on steam that's crazy this game's popping off it seems the funniest is uh... please add chat so i can inform my teammates what i am going to do to their family oh god currently similar to games you've played dota 2 that's too bad uh and yet one strike you're out uh but yeah this is a this is seemingly a big launch uh 5000 reviews is nothing to turn your nose at uh and their their discord is rather active i will say it's uh and it's hard to judge a game's success any any time without hard numbers but in my experience with uh that many reviews and that many people every day talking to each other in their discord that's just about your game probably doing all right to start yeah probably pretty decent what do you think of omega strikers steve just taking a look at it um i described it it poorly (laughs) so bad like is it soccer dota basically no it's like it looks to me like uh air hockey wind jammers Mm. 3v3 and the perspective but the but the they seem to have their own moves or whatever i see that goalie kind of creates this oh true in the bottom left you have like yeah, a bunch of moves. You have abilities. So I feel like each character might have excuse some me stuff. I don't know. I feel like we should play this. It's colorful. We should, we should play this. I, I like it. The animations are 
crisp. It's like an anime almost. Three. I'm gonna add it to my wish list so that I remind about it later. Delicious. Um, what does next in queue mean? Remove this product from your queue. Oh, you're in your discovery queue, Steve. Wow, this is this is some good uh, old man Steve uses Steam. Uh, <laughs> put this aside. Make a compilation. Uh, Steve, it's the interesting thing on their Steam page. I want to note in bold text: always free to play, never pay to win. Only smarts and skills will earn victory. There are no loot boxes, no consumable power boosts, no competitive advantages for spenders. All characters can be unlocked through regular play. So it seems it's purely cosmetic purchases in Omega Strikers. Oh, you know what? Play anywhere. Party up cross-platform with friends and take your progress anywhere with cross-progression as Omega Strikers rolls out across PC mobile platforms. This game looks like a banner on, on mobile to me. Mm. If, if these are like short matches, like short sort of two, three-minute matches or whatever, then mm-hmm. I would cop this on mobile in a heartbeat for sure. That does that does make sense. I wonder how because a bunch of those games, obviously, after the PC one takes off, you do the mobile port. PUBG being the most infamous example, where now PUBG Mobile is like the biggest game every month, like on its own. Like it, it you eclipsed the PC one well, like very soon after launch, and it's just the biggest one. And then there was like Fortnite Mobile, obviously Apex Mobile. The Rocket League mobile game is the most interesting one because it's actually like a different version of the game. But this seems to be the same game you can play on PC or mobile. Yeah, I just searched I, on mobile and I don't see it, so I, I... Might not be out yet. It's probably not out yet, because I know they are... This <sighs> It says on Steam, just play a game, free-to-play, download, but it is beta, according to their official account. All right, cool. Steve. We'll keep our eye on Omega Strikers from Odyssey Interactive in Waterloo, but move over to the West Coast to close out the show. Oh, I think I'm missing a news story, actually. Because <clears throat> weren't there two things announced in the Switch... Um, I don't know. You can just go to your favorite website. Oh, I did, yeah. Go to your favorite website, CanadianGameDevs.com. I am missing one. Three news stories coming from Vancouver, Steve. I got for you here today. First up, uh, the second ever Canadian Game Dev Union uh, has formed. It's a union I had not heard of before writing this uh, article. But Wait, is this the one you forgot? You forgot this story? No, I forgot the second free update oh, okay. for okay. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League. But that would be funny if this was the one I forgot. I was about to trip you hard. Oh no, you <laughs> I, the you had that update in the you had that in the update section. Oh, that's smart. Go me thinking yeah. ahead because that's more of an update than it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Talk about your little union here. Anemone Hug, who'd uh, previously been a support studio, they now call themselves Full Service Game Studio. Uh, And it's funny, in their tweet about the union, they say, we are now the first full service game studio to be unionized in Canada. It's kind of just edging out keywords a bit. I'm like, I I guess if you want to get technical and be first in something, sure. Mm -hmm. And, And the only reason they count that, Steve is because up to this point, they've only assisted development on other Vancouver projects like Hard Space and Secret Ponchos and Crossfire. Uh, but they announced and put on their website that they're working on their first own IP set to release in 2024. So since they're making their own IP, they can call themselves a, I guess, like full video game studio, whereas like Keywords Only does like QA support for Bioware and other companies, hmm. which just feels like a weird way to frame this. like. You know when like uh, they announce sales figures for like games, they always like 
uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the fastest selling digital launch of a Star Wars game. You know, yeah. like you just have to have like a stat in there. Anyway, that's just something I thought was funny. They were founded in 2015. Uh, their first original IP is coming out next year. And the other thing I find funny about this is doing support on Hard Space Shipbreaker, which is a game explicitly about the benefits of a union and why without a union your life is harder. But it's like baked into the design of that game in the story. Uh, is very funny to me. That And again, just like keywords, they unionized before the studio actually making the game. So what does that say about A, either the ease of unionizing like a support studio where like, well, after this contract, you might just fire us all anyway. So fuck it, let's unionize. Versus someone at BioWare or Blackbird Interactive who's like, I want this to be the next 25 years of my career. I'm stepping very carefully. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I know sometimes they say, like, because they'll say, like, how many, the percentage of people that signed up. And I think the last time we spoke to the... the Keywords the was unanimous, and, yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah. So I'm curious what that is because isn't I, the percentage like pretty high what you need or um it varies by province again so alberta <clears throat> was 50 for keywords because they're in edmonton mm. and i don't know what the rules are for british columbia but i wonder if it was unanimous or not because the keywords one was uh, i'm only pulling from their tweet and then others uh, reporting that um that people reached out to like get statements on the union Let's yeah see. that was um, pretty sweet though they're working on their original IP slate for release in 2024 as well. It's true. Wonder what that'll be. Whatever it is, it'll be developed by a team who will be getting a more equitable share of its success. Is nice to say. They, they organized been. with the Canada Animation Guild, IATSC Local 938, which makes actually a lot of sense because there are so many animation studios in Vancouver. Like yeah. that's where they do Snoopy. Uh, oh man, I, there's a lobby I walk past when I'm there and the lobby is just all the figures. The only one I can think of is Snoopy cause he's my favorite, but like most of the Canadian kids programming gets animated in Vancouver or a lot of it. I should say doesn't say whether it was unanimous or not. So still pretty cool. Pretty cool. Staying in Vancouver announced at the Nindy direct. It wasn't a Nindy. It was a full direct. Uh, the Dauntless devs um, are coming out with a Switch exclusive, Steve, called Fay Farm. Uh, this is from Phoenix Labs in Vancouver. It'll launch exclusively on the Switch in spring 2023. Quote, a cozy farm sim RPG for one to four players. Craft, cultivate, and decorate to grow your shared homestead and use spellbinding magic to explore Explore the enchanted island of Azoria. You said Heather's got this on her wish list immediately. Yeah, I sent her this this uh, like the tweet or whatever the video to her before I knew it was the devs, and she just like got hyped and stuff like that. And then I told her afterwards it was the Dauntless people. Um, so she's it looks pretty stoked like for that. Dauntless too, huh? Like that when you get to the I don't know if you're on the article I shared on KennyGinos.com, but the fourth oh. screenshot has like the same rock face and like snowy effects I remember from playing Dauntless. Here, let me so take I, a look. I, haven't... I imagine they're using a lot of their same art direction, but the characters are not like Dauntless. No, the characters Honestly, are very different. They look like, I mean, it's they're going for the farm sim, so it's like that cutesy chibi almost, but they kind of look like, uh, do you ever play, not Metopia, 
what was it, Fantasy Life on the 3DS? Oh, yeah. I know of that one. I didn't play it. Yeah. yeah. It's like Fantasy Life is how I would describe the characters, which is what you're going for. And and people loved Fantasy Life. It looks uh, pretty sweet. Coming soon. Does it say... Is it one to four players local? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, it's Nintendo, so probably local, but maybe online? God, can you imagine trying to coordinate with three other people to play it? Phase Farm, Switch, Shop. <laughs> they might have a page up. They um, do. You can pre-order it. Nope, you can't. It's releasing spring 2023. Spring the button 2023. was loading. All right. From features, it says local wireless two to four, online two to Boom. four. There you go. Nice. I'll tell her that. We, wow, we, we already know. A- Hold on we- a sec, Steve. On the Switch page, it says game file size two gigabytes, but this game is launching spring 2023. And as someone who's worked on a couple games... I don't know. Maybe it just speaks to the uh, process of the games I worked on, their development. But if you know this game is going to be two gigabytes, like eight to ten months out, interesting, interesting. Maybe they just have like the file loaded now, and then it's just going to climb as we get closer to the. That is yeah. Okay, check back. If this is a conspiracy, I'll see if that file changes at all throughout. Check development. back. All right. So put that this in the, the put that in the document. We're going to forget. Oh yeah, okay. we are going to forget about that instantly. So wait, do you think it will get better, bigger, or no? Or we just want to check. I think it will get bigger. Two gigs. I, I think they nailed it. Like I just think they know. Like I think it's feature complete, and they're just polishing. Like that would be you so think? cool. I don't know. Right, two I'll gigs just, though. Like I'll take a I'll take a fucking two minute video of Sophia, and that shit will be like half a gig. So there's Steve, no, like I don't Steve know. It seems so small. Fay Farm goes up in file size. Steven, no. Loser buys the game for the other, just like our two falls bet. Oh, I like it. Nah, what's the two right, what's the two falls bet? Uh you think it's third person and I think it's first person, and we didn't bother to check or try and figure it out, so we just made the bet. <laughs> we just made the bet. Okay, cool. All right. So so this is I I, I wanna mention the second game ever from <coughs> Uh, Phoenix Labs, who did they were founded in 2014, Steve. They worked on Dauntless for four years before it uh, entered open beta and then uh, came to consoles in 2019. And then this is their first release since Dauntless in 2018. So, for a studio that is coming up on a decade, they've re- they will have released two games, which I just think is interesting. Uh, but obviously, Dauntless is a huge success. The studio got acquired by a Singaporean publisher in 2020. And then that year opened uh, several studios, one in Los Angeles, one in Montreal, and then staffed up big time. So Dauntless clearly popped off for them to let them. And that's interesting. If this is going to be part of their like taking the money we're making from this live service game and just putting it into like standalone things we can sell to generate income like Dead by Daylight's doing that with the dating sim. Uh, Blackbird does that with a lot of their smaller projects like Hard Space. Like you take get a bunch of money to work on Homeworld 3 and then make Hard Space on the side. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something I'm noticing with these like indie quote unquote studios that blow up to the point you're not indie anymore. Like Phoenix Labs is an indie. You're, you're playing with triple studio, million dollar budget, level of development you know what i mean yeah yeah i got you i got you all right steve that's it for the news this week uh i'll kick it to a song and we'll come back go over some game releases updates and ports and then uh, wish list some games how's that sound sounds good
All right, so Steve. Since since last we we went over which Canadian <laughs> games are popping off, uh, there have been several I want to highlight. Starting with games that have launched, previously featured on Wishlist this, in retrospect from Paper Salamander in Toronto, is out now on Steam. Uh, if you don't remember, this one uh, is that sort of 2D side-scroller. Uh, got some gorgeous pixel art here. What is this? This is more SNES, right, than NES? Mm, yeah, the color scheme is definitely a lot more. Um, Especially the water effects there in one of the screenshots. So. And the feature with this game's pitch was you craft the story based on what collectibles you focus on picking up. So if... There are uh, health, wealth, love, education, creativity, and spirituality, and which items you pick up as you go from left to right changes the course of your character's life is kind of the pitch for the game. Hmm. Uh, there's also an online component with leaderboards and challenge stages in addition to the campaign. So, yeah. Paper Salamander also hopped into our Discord to plug the game and has talked a couple times, so they seem quite nice. So if you want to help a, a nice-seeming developer from Toronto... 10 uh, positive reviews too so Ooh, any funny ones let's see uh the funniest review no no funny reviews oh well you'll just have to leave one and then i'll find it also out is session colon skate sim which was in early access for oof, a while we've been talking about the game I since we, i started yeah. on the site yeah. i think it's been a while uh <clears throat> it's finally left early access this is from creature studios inc also in toronto uh, note requires controller in order to play keyboard and mouse not supported. You're yeah, so you can right. take your you can take your mechanical keyboard and fucking shove it. Pick each key off one by one and throw it off your balcony like a your your somber petals of a flower. Yeah, no. <laughs> Canadian game does does not encourage suicide or suicidal ideation. Uh, the, the top um, on the session page. Uh, like feature is authentic gameplay, which you know what this is a game where like where you put pressure on the various points of your skateboard changes the trajectory of the flip. So you know what it is probably pretty authentic to skateboarding in that if you're bad at it, it's uh, it's very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is out. Uh, play with the controller. Seven thousand five hundred very positive reviews on Steam. Nice. The funniest playing, dude. Okay, this is like the perfect game to play after a long day working at Subway. <laughs> nice, but, that's but awesome. Not, but not Burger King. No, no. If you if you work at Burger King, you can play Valorant and get called slurs and stuff. <clears throat> updates, Steve. Updates, people. Upgrades. Frozen Hearth DLC for a game you just redownloaded. Nobody saves the world. Mm-hmm. I bought the DLC too. And you bought the DLC. It was five bucks. A very reasonable. Wow. Remember when games like five bucks for DLC is like such like early 360 PS3. Like, I like that's just oh, it's just five bucks for more stuff I can play in the game. What a novel like that only existed for like 10 years of games. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I feel like that that's part of the reason why I bought it. Because I was just like, mm. whatever this is, it's f- like five dollars. Like I can't even buy a fucking Big Mac for five dollars anymore. No. So. Um, oh man! <clears throat> Sorry, this will yeah, last you a lot longer than a Big Mac. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not if I'd never play it, but I'll uh, I'll, pl- I'll try to play it this week, and then I'll talk about it next week. Steve, this game came out this year. Holy moly! Yeah, it came out it like January. January. It snuck yeah. in. Oh man! 
Wow. I should get back to this one. I We talked about Nobody Saves the World when it launched, and the gameplay wasn't our faves, but I, we're both just kind of glad Drinkbox is doing something. We got to play co-op, but I'm we on do. PlayStation and you're on... To judge it. Does it have crossplay? We looked no, this we, up. No, we looked this up and it doesn't. Have they added it since last time we looked that's it good, up? That's a good point. Actually, I don't crossplay. Know. Uh, no. Damn. PS4 and five players can play together. That's not crossplay. That's just... That's a, that doesn't count. I hate that. Although, now that I've seen the uh, behind the scenes for that, that is actually some work. So, no, it's all right. not. It's no, a it's little not. bit of work. <laughs> no, you <laughs> to get the Switch. No, it's a little bit. I'm going to give them that one. You can play PS4 or 5, but nothing else. Because uh, what you're doing is playing the PS5 SKU of... Like, it's two different games according to... Like, this is a little inside baseball for people. According to PlayStation, Nobody Saves the World PS4 and 5 are two different games. So getting them to talk to each other is actually work. So no one mm-hmm. really cared about that, but that's okay. People might care about an update for Mario Strikers Battle League from Next Level Games in Vancouver. This was announced during the Nintendo Direct that Fay Farm was announced during as well. The update adds... Who was it? Two dorks. Daisy and someone else everyone wanted. <laughs> Daisy and Diddy. Is it Diddy Kong or Donkey Kong Jr.? I always mix them up. Uh, it's Diddy Kong and Pauline. <laughs> sorry. Pauline from uh, oh, she's uh, Odyssey. The... Jump up. Dun, 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 dun. That, that girl and Diddy Kong. Uh, Nintendo acquired Next Level Games in 2021. <laughs> The studio had long worked on the Mario Strikers franchise, as well as the 3DS and Switch uh, Luigi's Mansion games, released Mario Strikers Battle League earlier this year, and have just been... This is one of the... like I don't know. Sometimes Nintendo releases a game like Super Mario Party 2019 bracket, and it's just dead. Like They never update it, nothing. And then sometimes they release a game and just do actual big content updates for like a year or two. Like, and I'm never quite sure. Like, I assume they decide that beforehand, but I wonder, Steve, do you think it is based on the success of the game, whether they put more time and money into it, probably? I don't know, because you got to imagine the, Mar- the first Mario Party that came out for Switch was like sold really well. Right, but they didn't do anything. Like right. it just and had the just four maps, it. and yeah, they yeah. actually actually two years after it came out, they added online support for seventy two of the seventy nine mini games. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> but for something like Strikers, they've done four new characters, new stages, new items in just a few months since it's. Come I wonder out. for Mario Party if they were planning to do the DLC, and then they were just like, "We have enough here for a new Mario Party game. Fuck it." Mm, like, and see. then they and then they made the new Mario Party. Whereas here, they're like, "But the new oh. Mario Party is a remaster of all the other ones." Oh well, maybe that's what they were. Oh, that, like that's what the they DLC. were gonna add. I yeah, see, maybe I that see. was the DLC. I but then it's that. it's weird because then Mario Kart Eight, which is technically a, like a ten-year-old game, <laughs> twenty thirteen, baby. They're just like releasing new. 64 new <laughs> cups over uh two years i think they said yeah like, so it's december 2023 the last one will come out so i don't really quite understand it you bought this game though didn't you the, the Mario i did game? and i had a lot of fun playing it and everyone rightfully roasted me after kirby and after the golf one which i hated uh and this one also has performance issues and don't buy it but i bought it uh <laughs> and i had a lot of fun with the the co-op at work with my, my friends Mm. 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 All right. Cool. Next couple more ports. Tunic is coming to PS4 and 5. You going to get it, Steve? Um, no, I got it on Steam Deck. It's fine. Okay. On the dad deck, dodges Steve's trophy list this time. Uh, and it's also Although coming let me to look Switch. At 
Let me look at the trophies. If it's like the achievements, there's some annoying ones, like actually hard, like Dark Souls level annoying ones. Mm. Uh, But it might have a very generous assist mode. You might be able to Celeste it. You know what I mean? Wait, when did this come out? It came out earlier this year, March, I think. Oh, no. Oh, the trophies haven't popped on. Okay. Well, September 27th. out by the time normies are listening to this episode on ps4 5 and switch tunic of course from halifax based dicey it's uh, a game i talked about when i played it uh, at launch um it's going for the feeling of playing a classic nes snes open world zelda game probably closer to link to pass than like zelda one but trying to end oh honestly it's probably closer to zelda one because you don't talk to anyone uh trying to emulate that experience but with an in-game manual you pull up like an nes manual in front of like a tv screen in the game world to like look at information you need to play the game and someone's like written in that manual so that's that's Play- what they're going for playstation blog had a had a pretty cool um article that he post about uh the the, the the manual the manual and stuff the so manual's cool they actually he actually like made it in real life to kind of that's cool. I didn't and know I'm that. Like, I was like, shit, I want that. <laughs> Are they adding any, like, because um, for Inscription, they added a bunch of dual sense features. Are they doing oh, anything fun um, for Tunic? Because I, I can see them. You you do open a lot of chests. And I like when, like, the sound comes out of the controller because, like, your player's touching something. So if you're touching the sound, then it, you know what I mean, immerses you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's the post about it. Search dual sense. Troll F that. Cause I want people to use it. Cause I Dual really like zero it. out of zero. Damn. All right. Big F for uh, Finji and Dicey on implementing any dual sense features for tunic, but it'll probably still be really good. So you can check that out. And the last port to discuss this week from Vancouver based Blackbird interactive hard space Shipbreaker is coming to PS five and series SX. It's out now as of the time you're listening to it, it's on game pass. So if you have a windows computer or an Xbox play it on game pass, and notice they skipped. They're doing the thing uh, <clears throat> we smartly uh, commended Gotham Knights for doing, and just dropping last gen. Like it's just PS5, just Series SX, Good. which is smart. Um, all right, that's it for all the game launches, updates, and ports this week. Steve, let's wish list some games. For those you don't know, wish list this is a segment. Uh, that hails from long before I made this document where Brett rest in peace and Steve would frequently wish list games while talking about them. So I was like, Hey, let's just pick some games every week, throw them on our wish list, help everyone out against that insatiable tsunami of, of sweeping away content into the gutters. That is the steam algorithm. Uh, first up, Steve, I'm going to do something fun here and throw it to a, a correspondent. It's a segment I'm going to introduce, but I'm going to I'm going to introduce that after we talk about the game. Sure. Championship Wrestling Promoter by Pycrete Games in Halifax, Nova Scotia, releasing this year sometime. Quote, book shows, build feuds, manage your finances, and win the TV ratings war in Championship <laughs> Wrestling Promoter, a professional wrestling management strategy game coming 2022. Uh, so Steve, I want to take this opportunity to throw this to one of the most prominent wrestling experts in my life, my good friend Adrian, who has taken a look at this Steam page and provided some um, thoughts that I will now make sound like they're coming from a ringside announcer right here. Tired of AEW and WWE and other wrestling promotions jerking you around? Why not start your own promotion with Champions in Wrestling Promoter? You get to compete against a rival company. It's really 
dawns back to those good old WCW and WWE rivalries going on where every week they're just kind of like up in each other's game buying off a wrestler's quitting one company and going on to the next it also seems that each individual competitor has their own personality traits and stuff and a morale system so if i had you know joe schmovey here losing every week he's gonna get depressed and want to quit the company so if I want to keep him around, I got to book matches where he actually wins some. Or maybe give him a title opportunity, make him happy so I can keep him around. Or fire him off and get a new guy. Be the new, the new Joe Schmo. The genetic freak! Thank you, Adrian. Really appreciate your thoughts on that one. Uh, Steve, what do you think of Championship Wrestling Promoter from Pike Creek Games in my abode, Halifax? Um... I like the because yeah, there's like football manager games and all that stuff, and I never actually like got into those type of games. Um, but this is look, looking pretty sweet. What is your? Because you grew up, you're, you're similar to Greg in that you hit the perfect peak. Uh, WWE yeah, like, 90s I was craze, in grade, right? Yeah, exactly. I was in grade seven or six when the whole WWF Attitude Era happened. So Oof. Steve Austin to Generation X. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was out, it was post Brett Hitman Hard and all that stuff, but like had um, Undertaker, who's, who I think was still wrestling up for a while, Mankind, awesome. all those people. So like, yeah, there was like a two or three year period where I was just like all in on wrestling, and that mm-hmm. also coincided with like some really banning games on Nintendo sixty four. That is, it's a Super Slam, right? Is that the one I always hear? <laughs> uh, no, No Mercy. Well, No Mercy was like the dope one. On, okay, um, which I saw the randomly saw the other day that. The one of the directors of that game is like working on a all like another wrestling game or whatever. It's Ooh. supposed to be the spiritual successor. So I'm excited for that. Um. So, but yeah. So there was like two or three years where I was really into wrestling. My friends all were like, you know, would wrestle and shit like that, and it was mm-hmm. good times. Um. And this looks pretty sweet. Like it was always that part of the the experience that you never really played in the games, where it's like the interviews and setting it all up and stuff like that. Um. So I'd be down to try this out. Come, I will out say. Soon. It's it's got a very uh, flat art style, and it's that limitations you can feel in terms of like you don't have the budget or expertise or time even to put a bunch of effort into the UI. Like this is something I talked to uh, Devin a bit about when it came to bombing the graffiti simulator. Like a lot of this I can tell is the default font and UI stuff in Unity, and that's okay. Like it's it's accomplishing the job of like showing you the stats and stuff but like when you want to get into the sim of it like they show the two wrestlers in the ring uh you can see like your schedule you can like i i don't know wrestling that well but this seems to be like what you would want out of that setup i like the 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 last one which is a graph of pay-per-view views versus television views it just reminds me of the graphs of the game dev tycoon games um which i always i always dug and i i don't know it's weird to say. I like graphs in video games. Like it's cool. <laughs> like at the end of Mario Party when they show you the yeah all stuff. yeah exactly yeah yeah. All these so stats. there is a demo on Steam already for free, and it's planning to come out November sixteenth, which is very soon. Mm. Seven weeks. Goodness. All right, Steve. Is Championship Wrestling from Promoter from Pie Creek Games in Halifax, Nova Scotia, on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. Next game today on Wishlist, this Joshua's Legs from Francis Cote Tremblay <laughs> so, so in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, got at us on Twitter. So, hey, Joshua, if you're listening, 
No, wait, the guy's name's Francis. Joshua's the spider. Uh, quote, <laughs> Joshua's legs. <laughs> it's a strange game about a two-legged arachnid hoping to find his long-lost prosthetic legs. Collection. Control the spider's legs individually using your joysticks. Venture in a world that will only reveal its secrets to the true hardened climbers. So this definitely has some, like, co-op feel to it. Uh, the, the trailer brilliant just shows two analog sticks on the screen. Left one controls your left stick, right one, Mm. your or sorry, left one, your left leg, right one, your right leg. And then left trigger, right trigger, like grabs on with that side leg. And it's a, you're, you're, uh, a sort of a daddy long legs looking spider as, as in very long legs to like a sort of ball in the middle where you are. Uh, and it's a, it's a funky style. How would you even describe this art style? It's like PS one almost. No, uh, I don't know. Like early PC, because it's it's um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's dark, mm-hmm. um, but like pixel-y. you know how like the it's like those hard rectangular edges of a circle that like lag as <laughs> the thing moves. That makes it feel like PS One. If that makes sense, mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This is definitely like a low poly retroy <laughs> art style. Which feels and pretty like minimalist too, because it's just so dark that it only shows kind of like where your feet are and where yeah. like, certain things are. Like you don't know where the we, there's no background. Like it's just black. And actually, no, sorry, there is a background. and It's only like highlighted on your where character. your guy is. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, it's just like it's like you're in a cave or something like that. But it looks pretty sweet. Um, it reminds me of some like flash games I played back in the day of just like trying to swing and stuff. Oh, this does have big flash game energy. You're right. Yeah. Huh. The game uh, launched in early access uh, earlier this year. Uh, Going to be in early access for about nine months. So launched in April. That puts it at what December? I think so. Yeah, December launch. Uh, depending on how the community feels about the game, end quote. Uh, cannot play with a mouse and keyboard. This is another only controller one, and they're asking for fifteen dollars for the early access. And then you can uh, go help, give feedback. Um, rewire your brain is the tag to like, I guess the controls of this game. What do you think, Steve? I see all the reviews are thumbs up because it only nice. has four reviews or well, I'm always confused by that because it says four reviews at the top and then it says six reviews at the bottom. So I don't know what that means, but mm. they're all thumbs up. looks pretty sweet. Um, it looks like I would be terrible at this and <laughs> would just always fail at it. Sort of like it's because it feels like you got to be pretty precise like yes. with, with connecting to the rocks and stuff like that. So I'm getting like Celeste vibes where it's just like, if you're like a couple pixels off, then you're, you're done. No, so. no, no, no. That's not, Celeste has like, have you seen that video? It's called the like coyote time. And the, the joke is like when road run or uh, when coyote in Looney Tunes runs off the edge, he like hangs a bit before he falls in, in Celeste, mm. they like tweak the game. So like, there's a lot of sections where if you slow down the footage and look, you're actually standing over nothing, but it didn't feel good in play testing. Like players felt like they should have made that jump. So there's like, they've added a bit of like imaginary invisible forgiveness space where like you catch ledges that you would miss, but in play testing that didn't feel good. So if you put that level of like finesse in, in an early access game, like Joshua's legs, you could get that feeling that well tuned. I think if you, iterated well enough i don't know i was still bad at celeste so even with the you, you just gotta platforms. get good at celeste <laughs> no i yeah, mean I all the seasides the game. Never you know what yeah so. i i routinely say i don't play souls games because they're hard and all that bullshit i did 
all the seasides in Celeste. So fuck you. Get better at video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> Uh, I got the you, platinum. The, what do you want? The audience, you. No, no, you did great. You did great, Steve. I mean, the oh, general, yeah. like, if you stopped playing Celeste because it was too hard, but you play Dark Souls or something like that, no. No, no, no. I'm calling you on that one because I've been called enough on Dark Souls. That's fair. Um, Joshua's legs from Montreal-based Francis Coat Tremblay. Is it on your wish list? Yes, it is. Excellent. Last game today on wish list. This is a surprise oh. for me, Steve. I like yeah. your O. Yeah. Uh, we got... A next installment in the Backbone franchise, I guess we can call it now. Do you just need two to make a franchise? The the, the BCU? Uh, Tales, (laughs) like the character from Sonic, colon, (laughs) the Backbone Preludes (laughs) by Eggnut Games in Vancouver. For those of you who don't know, Backbone released, uh, what was it, two years ago on Game Pass? Got ported to everything. uh, Raw Fury Joint. Uh, and it was a side-scrolling detective or post-noir narrative adventure. Uh, reception was tough, Steve. It's still at mixed on Steam. Uh, large part of the complaints for this game in all the reviews were it was it felt too short. That's one thing I kept reading over and over. They were like, it felt like there was another third to court to to like half of this game that just like wasn't there apparently it ends rather abruptly i only got I, yeah i remember hearing it. that the last half was like not as good as mm-hmm. the first half so that's some interesting context for a prequel <laughs> game that they're releasing uh tail oh wait i gotta get the steam page here tail I, why is it called tails i don't maybe that makes sense if you played the game but just Tales, colon, the Backbone preloads, Preludes. And it's not even Tales, like, if it was T-A-L-E-S, I'd be like, oh, I get it, like, the Tales about before the game started. But no, it's T-A-I-L-S. Yeah, it's, the, it? yeah it's like Animal Tales. Well, you're, you're an animal, so I mean, everyone, so... I guess, I guess. Anyway, the pitch is, quote, a post-noir narrative adventure with branching choices. <laughs> it is an intertwined series of vignettes about change, circumstance, and consequence. Guide four characters through formative moments in their lives in a dystopic Vancouver inhabited inhabited by anthropomorphic animals. Okay, so looks like you're playing as four of the characters. Actually, I don't recognize the guy on the right, but you might meet him later. At least three of the characters you meet uh, in the first backbone, including the character you play as, Howard, the detective. Although he looks a lot younger and has a camera and a sweater instead of a detective hat. Well, I'm guessing so it's, it's a, they say prequel, prequel, so it's prequel. You're right. And that's interesting because the two of these characters don't meet until Backbone, so maybe it'll be like a, like a Better Call Saul thing where like Jesse and Saul were next to each other at a bus stop 10 years ago and just never knew it. That would be fun. How is that a better? Okay, sure. Um, what I know you what you mean, but I never watched Better Call Saul, so. It was pretty good. Well, I, yeah, but you, well, the Breaking Bad was the, the has the dead dad syndrome, so there's I was that's true. And then don't I think I asked you about play, Breaking Saul. Uh, actually, there's Saul. no dad stuff. There's brother stuff. There's brother. That's stuff. brother's fine. I don't like my brother. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> ooh. Uh, no, I love my brothers. Um, yeah, I mean, this looks really sweet. It's a surprise. I didn't know that they would be kind of going back to this world, especially after hearing that the the other ones, the other game, didn't like hit as Mm -hmm. much as it seems like it should have or not should have but like was going to um short games i'm totally fine with like yes i have no no issue yeah when i heard people had an issue with backbone because it was too short i was like oh i should get back to backbone (laughs) yeah i know it's almost like i'm like ah actually you know what that that i i'd rather have that 
Yeah, um, like you know how it used to be like over a hundred hours of content on the box. Now it's like fewer than five hours of content. On oh, the dude, box. I was so I was so pumped for Dying Light Two because I just liked the first one, and then they mm-hmm. they said like early before the game came out that there was like five it'd take five hundred hours to do one hundred percent. Yeah, and I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we're like, what do you, you think? I have five hundred hours to give to your we, fucking zombie. We are s- squarely in the other circle in the unconnected Venn diagram of people who play video games, and Dying Light was <coughs> heavily marketed at the other circle. That is, <coughs> by two games of year, one of them's a sports game or Call of Duty, and the other game might be Dying Light Two. And those yeah. are the people you're trying to market to. You know what though? I'm I'm hyped as as you know, Ubisoft is trash, and we don't really support them anymore or whatever. But I'm hyped because they said the Assassin's Creed would kind of be going back to the OG. They did. I don't know. Should we have dabbled on that at all? They did a big press conference and no, we've sworn off until, coverage of Ubisoft. And yeah, one of the people accused in 2020 is heading up development on the Japan one, which yeah, is exactly. so, so funny. So until they fix that, then, then no. Ugh. And I, I still won't support them. No. Um, but anyways, anyways, Tales, anyways. the backbone preloads looks pretty sweet. Is it on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. I also wish listed on on the the game on PlayStation Two. I can do a double double do play double for that. Has a twenty percent platinum, so that's you know, Steve Crane. That's easy. Now that twenty percent is that everyone who played the game or just people on PSN profiles? No, that's people on PSN profiles. Oh, okay, so you Last can hover of us over. Also has a twenty percent, and that's just the people who go on PSN profiles. Yeah, so if you hover over the percentage, it'll give you what the PlayStation is. Oh, the true one is. true percentage. <laughs> so the true percentage is 1.3%, which is still pretty high, actually. But also, <laughs> Backbone on PlayStation, PSN profiles at least, only has 31 owners. So, Steve, I'm going to do a small, small, because I know you got to go soon, Kickstarter corner, and then we'll just roll into what we've been playing. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. This one kept getting, we kept getting tagged in this, and I appreciate the the support, and I liked a bunch of them. Uh, the the tweet was written rather poorly, so I didn't retweet it. But uh, huge Kickstarter success for World of Antera by previously unbeknownst to me, eighty one monkeys, a studio uh, in Vancouver, Greater Vancouver area, they say. Uh, they were able to secure $290,000 of their $130,000 goal for uh, World of Antera. Now let me read the pitch for you here from the Kickstarter. Uh, influenced by classic and modern games, World of Antera is an innovative open world role-playing game. They are aiming for every PC store, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. They had a wild last uh, tier. Hold on, let me find it. For... $300, which they had four people. I think there was four total, so I think they did everyone. You got four copies of the game, uh, access to all the stretch goals, a statue. Uh, you get put in the game, access to a private developer-only channel on Discord. No, absolutely. I've been drawing a line in the sta- sand. I would not... I assume they use Slack or something else, but as soon as you let fans into the dev like Discord, I'm like, ah, oh, this is getting weird. I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, select access to alpha builds as they come out. A DRM-free version of the game, including uh, art book, lore, etc. So anyway, I always like reading the the crazy tier on the the Kickstarter page. Coming to everything 2023, they said. Nice. Uh, the stretch goal they hit allowed them to hire a new pixel artist to make more assets. Um, it's funny. They did the Kickstarter like stretch goals as like uh, RPG terms. So like 
Roll for Initiative was like their first tier to just make the game. Then it was like plus five to happiness, plus 10 to adventure, plus 50 is <laughs> is cute. Uh, what do you think? Uh, have you had you seen this game before the? I, we talked about it here. It was uh, making the rounds on Twitter for a bit as the Kickstarter. No, was I, have, going. I haven't because uh, I was dying for Salon. Right, <clears throat> I didn't take a look, but I, I dig the art style for sure. It looks like mm. you know, um, looks like Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. And here, let me just go. But yeah, some, uh, it looks some sweet. screenshots further down. It's a. Uh, I would describe. It's Here's definitely the not. They're not going for Sea of Stars. They're going for like a, a even more retro, I think, feel. Because Sea of Stars feels pretty modern with a lot of the effects. I don't know. This, this still kind of looks... There's a lot of like different color palettes and stuff in this, though. Like mm. early... It seems like an early SNES game. But the map... You'd have a better really sense for that than I would. There is a particular... There's like a... There is a... The motion of the character moving reminds me of a Genesis game. Then. Oh, Steve. Like, I also yeah. forgot to update the text on our document. They actually hit a little under 400,000 Canadian. Uh, oh, damn. I, I was out of date. That was like mid-pledge. So, yep. yeah. 400K for this, which is a huge success as far as Kickstarter goes, as far as we've been covering it, too. With, of course, like Sea of Stars, like 2 million or whatever being like the all-time record for a Canadian game. Uh, yeah, so what huge. what do they have as the estimated delivery date? Uh, July 2023. So that's less than a year. That's a few months, isn't it? One, two, I mean, three, the game looks pretty smooth and stuff, so. It's like eight months away. And yeah, this trailer does look good, but Sea of Stars had a good-looking trailer, and they delayed it another, like, two years. You know what I mean? Yeah, is that that's next year, right? That was supposed to be this year, and it's next year. Sea of Stars. It's funny that both of the two huge Canadian Kickstarter successes in recent years are similar <laughs> top-down classic RPGs. <coughs> you know what I mean? That's, I guess, what's making money there. They just say 2023 on their Steam sometime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess the lesson learned is if you want to make money on Kickstarter, do a retro RPG. Whoa, Sea of Stars has a add to wish list on PlayStation. It's that's crazy. Wow. I'm gonna do that right now. Please. All right, I'll do a little sound for that. Um, any other thoughts on World of Antares? No, it does look prospects? sweet. Congrats on the um, on the bank, and uh, hopefully that's not, just looking at their Twitter. And it says uh, a big thank you, whatever, and, and it has eight little people icons Aww. and a dog and a kit chicken. So pretty small team, I'm guessing. So I like that. a long way. So good. Congrats um, to them. Congrats to them. And that's it for Kickstarter corner this week. We'll roll into a song, come back, talk about what we've been playing and then get Steve out of here. I don't know. What do you, what, where are you going? Where do you have to go? Oh, I want to go lie down. <laughs> I go lie down. <laughs> also, I got to get, so, I got to get Sophia to nap. Soon, so. Double naps uh, after this. would be lost on Sophia. What does oh, Sophia probably. find funny right now? Be like, oh, Sophia, you guys get the bottles, blah, 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 or something. She'd be like, yeah. I'm not that lame. I would do something <laughs> funnier than that. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve, it's been a, a month, and I played a lot of games. I'm so sorry. We shouldn't talk about all of these. Maybe maybe you, what would you like to hear me talk about is probably the best way to do this, because I, I want to hear you talk. I want to talk about Last of Us Part 1. I want to yes. hear you bitch about Last of Us Part 2. Yes. Um... And then 
Grindstone. I want to know why you went back to Grindstone. Okay. And then and I want to talk about Hades, actually. And then we'll just scrap the rest. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about you fucking playing Rocket League every day for the last. Although, I, the only reason I was going to bring it up is it is now the third season pass I've ever bought. They got me again. So. Oh, a double dipped, eh? Double dipped, yeah. Do you, get, it, do you get the money back to buy the next one or whatever? Or no? Yeah, yeah. So I bought this one with the money from the last one. Oh, okay. So you didn't spend money on it? No, no. Okay. So we're, we're still only two. You've only bought. Paid. I guess, yeah, technically, yeah. We're chain smoking okay. this one. Um, I see. So that's my Rocket League minute. Uh, I brought Grindstone with me because I was doing a lot of traveling in August and September. So I, I have the Switch copy I got because I wanted it physically to lend to people. Um, and that game does not feel good with controllers. So I busted out my little pen with like you a don't rubber think so? tip. No, I don't like it. Might mm. just be because I played like 200 hours on my phone and that and it, it was designed for touchscreen. Like yeah, it was yeah. fundamentally. But it's, using... It's, the stick works. Like, don't get me wrong, it works, and I think it's the best they could have done translating a mobile design to controls. Like, it works, and the only time, like, when I use the left stick to draw my line on all the connect the dot screen, it, like, I sometimes have to back it up because it, it went diagonal when I wanted to go straight up, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't yeah. feel as tight. So with my little pen, though, like, I bought a pen for Mario Maker 2 because making, like, precise pixel platforms with touchscreen using your finger and sucks so i got that little pen and as soon as i started using the pen well, perfect it, it looks so good on switch it, it is still the same game just with all the updates and they've added so much that i didn't even realize because like i've been covering the updates on this podcast as they come out but i hadn't really checked out all of them in too in depth they're all in the switch one and there's some really cool ones like you can now play as george's grandma who they just added a uh they added your house to the game first of all so you can go back and complete quests for your kid who makes you hats based on the quests you complete. <laughs> and then in the the attic is your grandma who knits and you go up there and, she, and she's like, oh, I remember doing it. And he's like, I'm tired. Do you want to do it? And she's like, oh, sure. And then she like bursts out of the chair, picks up the sword <laughs> and then goes out. And now she's the one killing monsters. So That's they've added it. No, it's... It's Are they great. free? It's free updates? Free updates? Yep. Yep. Every oh, nice. update's been free. You just buy Grindstone and you got the whole thing. Yeah, uh, and you should you should own Grindstone. If you you don't own Grindstone. Though. It's good. It's so, so good. good. So good. Uh, apparently, you, though, motivated me to, to good. Play Thank it on you. Switch. And I hope I hope someone else checks it out too. And not even on Switch. Like that, those updates have come to everything. And I think is it just it? Switch and PC at this point? It hasn't I think come it's only to console. Epic, iOS, and and Switch, right? Because it's like three random. It's only on one phone device. It's only on one PC platform. It's only on one console. I think you're right. It's on. Because I remember Switch, thinking how like iOS, weird. PC. Yeah, and it's an Epic Game Store. I think I don't even think it's. Uh, Notably, uh, according to the uh, experts in our field, not as good as Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, so take that recommendation with that caveat from our peers. That uh, still, you're still so upset. <laughs> uh, Steve, I beat Hades. And the joke is, last time we were talking about Hades on this podcast, I was trying to finish it before it left Game Pass. Uh, I couldn't do it. It left end of August. So I was like, fuck it. And it was, I checked EV games. It was on sale physically. And there was one on like an EV games near me. So I was like, Oh, what are the odds? When got that for 20 bucks on Xbox? Funny enough, the first Xbox game I've bought since getting my series X, which is very funny. It's been two years. And just cause of the power of game pass, this is the first physical Xbox game I've bought since getting the console, which I think is funny. And oh dude, I I've had an Xbox since I don't know, 20. You got it a little 14. after, right? Uh, well, I got an Xbox. I had so I got the Series S at launch, and then when the the Halo one came out, I traded. I I swapped, but I had an Xbox 
one, I think mm. like 2014 or 15, like shortly after launch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I only own like, so I've had an Xbox for like eight years or so. I only own like five or six games on it. That's funny. Um, cause I, cause I just didn't play it that much. And then when game pass, right. But that's the thing out, though, Steve, I've played my Xbox more than any other console in my life. And this is the first game I right, bought. For okay. It. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where I think it's funny. Uh, all that to say I bought it my first run after buying it one like credits for the, or not credits. Uh, I beat the end for the first time, like completed a run, did two in a row. And then that week I just went ham. I did. You have to win 10 times to get credits. Did that. Uh, and yeah, I just, it's what's not been said about Hades. It's already been said. Of course, it's the first, I'm going to call that the first roguelite I beat because inscription doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. Uh, I beat it all by myself too. I had to get a bunch of people help me through inscription because I'm stupid and don't play card games. Uh, but yeah, Hades is legit and everyone knows that. And if you've listened to any podcast in the past two years, you've heard probably multiple people tell you to play Hades, but. Yeah, not me. Not me, though. Not me. No, not Steve. Steve won't tell you to play Hades, and that's what you can count on on this no, program. Sh- no. no, I will say. <laughs> she played Grindstone, though. You should play Grindstone. When I got into Hades last time, I was talking about it on this show. Just like the dialogue stuff is so impressive to me, and I was waiting for them to finish to be like, "How are they going to try and justify me doing more runs?" Because there is such an there is such a very clear goal your character has with escaping hell that. Once you achieve that, I'm like, I'm like, are they going to roll credits and stop me from playing or will they let me keep going? I will say like the dumb in-game reason for continuing to do runs is funny and I like it. And it did get me to play maybe another day or two after of, of more runs after I rolled credits. I think you ran out of time. You took too long because now Sophia's coming in my room. Yeah. You want to talk about The Last of Us? You want to talk about Uncle Steven <laughs> playing The Last of Us and Platinuming 1 and 2? I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna platinum Lost Legacy right after this, Steve. What's the one trophy you need? Uh, you have to get to the first five chapters using only me. Oh it's right, stupid. yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I remember you telling bullshit. me. I don't remember that trophy, but I remember you telling me that, and I was like, Did I you plat that game? Yeah, I did. So only Uncharted I platinum. Wow, that's fun. Five minutes later. I don't think. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I, we might be able to. All right. All right. So yeah, that's Hades. I like it. It's a really well designed game, and it's funny, Steve. I. I am going to be purchasing the Blu-ray copy of No Clip, the YouTube channel's documentary on the development of Hades, because I've watched it, I think, like five times, and I, I still think it's one of the most interesting documentaries of game development ever put to, I guess, Blu-ray now, so I'll be picking that up and uh, watching it several more times, probably with special features on my Series X. Yes. Yeah. Third. All right, Steve, you and I played, directed by Canadian Matthew Gallant, the Last of Us Part One, which is why we're going to justify our coverage of it. Mm. And I still reply to almost every tweet he does, saying, "Please come on the podcast," and he won't. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get him on. But uh, this game, creative director, got his start at Bioware, moved over to uh, uh, Texas, worked on a couple of games, and then made it to Naughty Dog to work on Uncharted, and then The Last of Us One, and stepped into a director role for this Part One remake, which. You, you know, I could see there being a creative director because there were a lot of changes that most people probably didn't notice because most people haven't played this game 16 times. Good for for good reason. But I noticed loads of changes in this game. Steve, what about you? For me, it was like it was great to play through it again. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't played through it since the remaster 
Um, oh, so like August 2014. No, actually, no. I played maybe a year or two afterwards. And then okay. when Last Last of Us 2 came out, I went back to it. And mm. I was on my Survivor Plus thing. And I got caught in the school or whatever. And mm. I just kind of stopped. So I haven't... It was, it was maybe like four or five years between playthroughs. And um, to me, it was like... I was just like, fuck, like Joel can't dodge. It's so annoying because <laughs> if, if a clicker gets at you, then you're kind of screwed. You can't yeah, like dodge dead. and stuff. Um, and to me, it was like, this is kind of just how I remember the game playing and looking. And I know huh. that's not true because yeah, it was a PS3 game. <laughs> but the whole time I was playing, I was like, I don't see the differences. It just looks and feels great. And it's just exactly how I thought. That's the only so thing where I was like, I think they change is like the 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 character like animations of the faces and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. It, all that. But new. it was it was interesting to play it again. Just when I first played it, you know, I had just started dating Heather. I obviously wasn't a father. Mm-hmm. And oh now, yeah, this is this was the start of the dadification, right? Like it was this Bioshock Infinite, and then God yeah, of War, ex- and exactly. And so just playing it now as a dad and stuff like that, what actually got me more than I thought was the ending. Mm. And I was like, yo, that ending is fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. And like him lying, like, oh, I was just like, yo, that is not the, not the like killing of the doctor. I mean, the, the very ending when she asks him. That ending does hit me every time where she's like, tell me everything you said about the fireflies. Tell me, it's, swear, swear to me it was true. He's yeah. like, I swear. And she like, she knows. You can see in her eyes that she knows yeah. he's lying to him. And she's like, okay. And then oh, he keeps going. Punch me in the gut. And like, that's the oh. thing, Steve. So so I immediately after finishing one uh, and left behind, started two because I never platinumed it. I had <laughs> five trophies left and just hated that game after playing it. <laughs> Having played Last of Us 1 and then rolling straight into two, which honestly I did last time. So I don't know why it hit me this time. But like, Probably because I was replaying The Last of Us because part two is told all out of order. Like it's um, it's told like an HBO miniseries because that's who they hired. Yeah, you go through the three days, but in between the days is a flashback and then it plays the three days. Three days again as Abby and in between each one of those is also a flashback for Abby. Like it's very you you jump in time, I guess what's nine times in the middle of that game. But all that yeah. to say, playing it through a second time made a lot more sense. And that moment in Last of Us 2, all right, full spoilers for one and two. It's been two years. I don't care. Aaron, I'm sorry you haven't watched a playthrough yet. <laughs> you have you have three seconds. One, two, three. When <coughs> Ellie in two like goes back to the hospital like three years later and is like going through everything and like figures out what Joel did and then confronts him outside the hospital, that scene hit way harder for me this time for some reason. And I think it was because of just like, the ending of one like sets up like Ellie, this is it. Ellie doesn't trust Joel anymore. And that's where it starts. Like not immediately, of course, like, it was three years before she like ran across the country to confirm he was lying to her. But mm-hmm. like that starts building at that last scene in one and pays off really at that last scene in, well, no, I guess the real payoff would be at the end of two and she goes onto the patio and like, actually I, Actually, we're okay, even though you lied to me and killed everyone that I wanted to save the huge. That was like a flash. That was like the last scene, wasn't it? So that's the second. That's the last flashback in the game, but it's in between her going back to the farmhouse to look for Dina. That it's cut in there. Yeah, I know. uh, (sighs) I like to. I liked it a lot. Gameplay wise, it was obviously amazing. Right? Like, do you Mm -hmm. still feel that? Or two? Two is the tightest game Naughty Dog's ever made. Yeah. 
Yeah. But the but even the story I really really liked. But then mm. the ending, like they had the perfect ending, which is yes. her sitting on the tractor, looking across, looking out the field or whatever with the baby. I forget the baby's name. And they could have just cut that flashback in with Joel when when she actually forgives him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they and then sh- they just ship her off to California, or whatever. Santa Barbara. I'm just like, oh, like you had the ending. Like I don't. That's what and because of that, then just ruins like the the sort of mythos of two to me. Where I'm just like, what they're oh. trying to do, and I could tell this time a lot clearer. What they're trying to do is contrast Tommy and Ellie because Tommy goes to Santa Barbara, and I think ultimately. Like I don't know what I forget what happens to him. I don't know if they say, but like Tommy goes. El- Santa yeah, Tommy no, goes. I thought first. he can't. I thought he can't go, so she has to go. Oh, is that it? Because he comes to the farmhouse with the map. He's like, she's here, and doesn't he end up going by himself eventually? No, I thought he goes to Seattle by himself, but I thought he can't go. Oh, maybe Didn't you, you uh, just it, played it. I did just beat <laughs> it last week, so that speaks, I guess, to that going through. But all that to say, like they're trying to contrast Tommy's like old age, like you can't teach it old dog new tricks like he's just set on the revenge tortured cycle but ellie still has a chance <laughs> so like she'll go and like get right up to the moment of killing abby and completing the blood cycle of murder like that's her marlene murder moment from the end of last of Us part one and then she decides not to breaking the cycle and going home and oh, it's probably too late because like i guess that that's what they're going for i just don't like that and I, like you, would have preferred her to realize after the events of Seattle, oh, this is dumb and I should be happy with my family. Yeah, the other thing that kind of like I didn't like is it, it Last of Us 1 takes place over a year, really. Like, little, it's, little bit under, yeah, like three seasons, right? Because they travel across the, the states. Yeah, it's and then, like, the summer, yeah. A bunch of shit happens. And so now it's just like you have that and you've set the precedent that it takes a long time and that's really pain in the ass to go places in this world. And then she just fucking walks to Santa Barbara or whatever, like no issues. She also, so I guess the other thing implied there is they ride from Jackson to the hospital in the flashback or Ellie does. And the, the implication is that she leaves before and then Joel like discovers she's gone and goes after her. So I guess they just do the trip from, like, cause in, uh, I guess they go to the university first in the first one. So they go, I guess, Wyoming to, uh, where is the hospital? Salt Lake city. Yeah. They do that. And it takes like a season in the first game and they just like do it a couple times quickly in last of us two, you know, like that sense of scale is lost. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a few world building stuff that I didn't like. Cause the other thing too, that like I had just created in my head and I, I was talking to you about this is like in Pittsburgh, you only face infected in mm-hmm. last of us one. You only face infected at the bottom of like this basement of this apartment. And it feels that way because um, the, 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 I forget the people in Pittsburgh, what they call them, but like the, they, the they have cleared out Pittsburgh. They've, they, they just use it now to trap people in it to feed on them and stuff like that. And all the infected are like gone pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then that's just like early Sorry. in the Pittsburgh level where three guys climb over a bus and they're like, why are we patrolling? We already came through here. No, no, no. It's a point in the hotel. And I remember cause I respawn here all the time. Cause it's like a really hard part on grounded. And then the one guy's line is like, it's empty because we're thorough and we're going to keep being yeah. thorough. So do another and sleep. So, and so like, and all that's baked ru- in. Then they ruin that with like Seattle because, and like Abby's like group is like basically a little, a military and very like coordinated and there's infected mm-hmm. like all over the place. The first fucking infected person 
<laughs> like like patient zero is in Seattle and you don't That's true. It's like they didn't clear the the city out like it it kind of broke the world a little bit for me. Mm, Cuz they were there um, for 3 years we know of in game, probably more to build that like stadium city. Yeah. Yeah, they're like legit in there. Like you don't really mm. see infected around the the dam. I guess the argument could be made because they were like feuding with the scars the whole time, the seraphites. So like if I guess if, you if, just if you're constantly that, like, at war, maybe I don't know. Because the other thing that with Last of Us is that, and why I don't think they can really do prequels is like dead people don't turn. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like Walking mm-hmm. Dead where if you, if you, like if you as long as the brain's intact, then they come back as a zombie no matter what. But Last of Us like the dead don't come back to be infected. Mm-hmm. So the amount of infected you would think over time would just kind of keep dropping and dropping and dropping as people kind of just like die out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, I like our, th- cause we were talking about the announced and in development for several years, factions, multiplayer standalone thing they're doing. Yeah. Whatever that is. And though. your, your suggestion that it's like a, maybe like the division style, like PVE with PVP modes. I, I kind of like, and you were like, as even a pre or like a, a much earlier in the pandemic or pandemic. Wow. Our imitates <laughs> life in the outbreak. Like if it's like three years after day one, so we have some infected, a couple click, or I guess a lot of infected, a lot of clickers, maybe not like anything past that. But yeah, then I don't we have ever really said how long it takes for someone to become a oh, clicker. Oh, but Keely, that- Steve, like people might not have realized uh, what they've added to Last of Us Part 1. They went back and added the stalkers from 2. Those weren't in That's 1. That's right, so th- yeah. They actually got me a couple times because there's parts where I knew where the runners were supposed to be like standing and I would go in and kill them. and Or clickers, I mean, and they've replaced them with stalkers. So like I walk into the room and I'm like, that's weird. They move the spawn point. And then a clicker just like jumps out of a window and gra- I'm like, Oh, Whoa. That was like, I, that was like my 16th playthrough of the last of us. And it was like the first time I'd been scared since the first one, because they actually changed where the enemies were spawning, which was funny. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't add like going prone. They didn't add no. hiding in bushes and stuff like that. No, um, they didn't it add was, any, like the silencer stuff, like the, the bow and arrow is your only silencer. And um, they, the big change I noticed was they, they, the the word bespoke gets thrown around a lot in games coverage, but I, I take it to mean something is bespoke when like the person who made it wants you to look at it and go, oh, wow, someone had to like make this specifically like this animation. And that's what they went back and just filled Last of Us one with those. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, Steve, like when you're like mashing triangle as you walk around a room to pick everything up in the first game, uh, Joel had a canned like his hand would go a bit out in front of him and then close and then come back animation. Now they've taken the animations from the first one where Ellie and Joel, depending on who you're playing, uh, reaches for the item, like wherever it's located and closes and picks it up and brings it back, which makes looting way slower. So it's actually like way more annoying trying to clean a room in part one than part than it was at launch for Mm. last of us because they've added all those specific animations. Like there's a point in left behind where you're going through a pharmacy and like you press triangle to like look for something. And she like with both hands, like grabs a bucket, like pulls it towards her, looks into it, reaches in, picks up something and takes it out. And so like, that's one of the things they've changed in the part one remake that I noticed because I've played so much of the first one. I know how long everything should take. Like as I was mashing triangle, I was like, whoa, they, made this all slower and more I ended animated. up I ended up just never upgrading my weapons by the end of it cuz I was so tired of watching Oh true yeah so the scrape stuff off or whatever 
Another key thing, and this is so inside baseball, I don't know who cares about this, but in the first Last of Us, when you picked up the tools, you would have tools one to five you could use to upgrade things. Oh, yeah, they weren't specific tools. Like They weren't. Just, yeah. It was the red toolbox. You picked it up, and then the tool icon in your inventory said one to five next to it. In this one, you pick up like a specific tool, like a pair of pliers or like a pipe cleaner or something, put that in your thing, and then when you do the upgrade that needs that tool... He takes the tool belt out, picks up the like if the pipe cleaner was tools three, he takes that one you need for that upgrade and does it. And I don't think 90% of players more than that are going to notice that. Like, I don't think the majority of people are going to notice that. But I did. And I loved it because that is such a stupid little detail that took so much work to make happen correctly. Like every level three upgrade for every gun he has to pull the level three tool you picked up out specifically and do that. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Stop talking about last. Okay. That's good. Why don't you tell me about Splatoon three and Tina? No, 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 I don't have no, time about. for any of that. All right. Stay yeah, tuned yeah. next week for Splatoon three, <laughs> Tiny Tina. That's it for episode number 218 of the Canadian games.com podcast. Back at patreon.com slash Canadian game devs, two day early access, whatever. I said at the front of the show, $5 credited patron tier or higher. We would like to personally thank you at the end of every episode. Thank you, Aaron McLeod, David Nagy, Dugsy, Eleanor, Elizabeth Avery, Gene Leggett, Kai Hutchins, Meow the Leon, and Nicholas Azorko. Drops review if you can at Canada Game Devs on Twitter. Contact at CanadianGameDevs.com to get us your stuff. Anything else, Steve? Uh, no, that's it. Thank okay. You. Thank you. I'm sorry. Until next time. <laughs> Just no, been talking okay. for a while. I gotta go. Bye. Bye. Genetic freak!